and welcome to Protestia tonight for December 27th, 2022. This is a program that we hope will be glorifying to God, convicting to sinners, and edifying to the saints. A program with sincere questions and biblical answers. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is, uh, I am actually recording this program. It will go out live, but uh, in full disclosure, it is pre-recorded. Yet we uh, appreciate you joining in, and hopefully the chat is lively with or without me. This program is brought to you by the Troublemakers at Protestia.com and mainly by our intrepid patron supporters who for only $5.95 a month can get the full program, um, not just the free portion you are listening to or watching right now on the Bible-thumbing Wingnut RSS feed, assuming they've got that backup, or you can just go to your favorite podcatcher and search for Protestia tonight to add this program to your favorite pod playing program. Uh, for only $5.95 a month, you can get the entire thing, which is uh, sent to you on Patreon as a full-form audio podcast, uh, but also as the the video portion as well. When the program is going live, actual live, um, there is a secondary live stream that goes out to just patrons where we answer sincere questions um, that are and and where the patrons can actually drive the content of the program. We have some great questions coming up on today's uh, PT VIP, as we're now calling it, Protestia Tonight VIP. Uh, for only $19.95 a month, you can join us on Tuesday nights for the Bulldogmatic Bible Study, where uh, we meet over the uh, miraculous technology called Zoom and study God's Word and fellowship together, pray for one another, uh, stay stay apprised of what's going on in one, one another's lives, uh, get direct access to the folks that run Protestia uh, such as myself and others on that Bible study. We are, are in 2 Corinthians right now, 2 Corinthians 9, I believe, getting towards 2 Corinthians 10. Um, and we would love to have you uh, on the Bible study with us. Now, if 1995 is, a month is a little steep, but you you would really like to join us, um, send us a message, get in contact with us. You'll, we'll make sure you get access to it. Um, it is not a paywall to prevent people from being on the study, but just to keep the numbers um, under control. And um, today we're going to be discussing a few a few things. Apparently, Jesse Duplantis, um, heretic televangelist extraordinaire, has has I don't know if he's just gone like full senile. I mean, what he said I guess was in keeping with his with his awful uh, false teaching and, and awful theology. But uh, he kind of you know like jumped the shark almost. We're going to uh, play a little clip of that uh, in awe and wonder of the awfulness that is Jesse Duplantis. Uh, we're also going to be discussing um, getting back to, and I haven't talked about her in a while, but getting back to Julie Royce and just the, the the comical missteps that this woman makes in her supposed ministry. Now, I guess Julie Royce has uh, finally secured uh, 501c3 nonprofit status as considered religious media and you know ba- basically as, as some sort of Christian ministry. Um, laughable to any true Christian ministry, I would argue, and we're going to we're going to uh, demonstrate her her rank hypocrisy yet again, and her her total blind blinding um, um, stupidity and and her ability to somehow manage to dunk on herself uh, with with yeah just, just I guess it's just as a way of a way of being a way of operating her little operation there. Uh, shocking to me that anybody who can consider themselves a legitimate Christian minister or anything would give her the time of day. We'll get into that. Um, then we're going to, uh, in the, the, the PTVIP, we're going to walk through a a Franklin, Franklin Graham's gospel presentation. This time of year, 
Um, I know we're just, we're just after Christmas, um, 2022. So I don't know how many of these TV ads we will see, but, uh, the Billy Graham Evangelical Association, um, puts out, you know, commercials and things, uh, evangelizing and talking about the gospel. So we're going to walk through, uh, one of those and see, uh, what's, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, um, of the, uh, Franklin, Franklin Graham's gospel presentation. Uh, we will also answer a question about, um, using sermon outlines and, and, and other things like that and where the, where the line should be drawn, um, in those, in those things. Um, a little bit of, a little bit of, um, housekeeping before we get into that and before we get into, um, talking about the gospel, which is the first thing we talk about. But before we get into that, I wanted to thank uh, those of you that have been keeping uh, myself and my family um, and our, our community here in prayer. Some of you know more than others about what's going on in terms of um, uh, our kids' school and um, some, of the, some of the more challenging aspects of that. I'm not going to get into that um, on the podcast. I am uh, going to instead be addressing you know our concerns and things at the 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 lowest level or addressing them privately, uh, first, um, if, if, uh, you know, righteousness does not prevail at that point or, 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 you know, things, things, uh, you know, don't, don't progress in a way that we believe, um, before the Lord and, and with an open Bible are, are righteous, uh, then the, those things may, may have to come to light. I'd prefer that they don't. Um, that's, you know, when it, when it's personal, when it's close to home, we'll take it one step at a time and try to do things, um, at the lowest level and, and, and appeal to, to, um, those involved as brothers and sisters in Christ and be praying for them and and praying for, uh, righteousness to prevail and the, and, um, and the truth in, in Christian brotherhood to, to be at the forefront of everything that's going on. But we, we appreciate your prayers and all of that. Like I said, some of you know more than others about sort of the details and, and what's going on there. Um, but anyway, and you know, like I said, we are, we are appealing to, appealing to our brothers and sisters in Christ and what unites us and what should be the primary focus of everything we do here, what should be the primary focus of, um, every biblical church, every, uh, Christian school, every Christian organization, every, every Christian family should be the, the truth and the, and the wonder and the, uh, glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ himself, the gospel being, uh, the good news, the good news that is um, salvation for those that place their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus, and of course, like like good news of this magnitude um, does, it's proceed or good news of this magnitude is preceded by bad news, by what without the good news would be horrible news, and that is that you and I are born rebellious against God. We're born into sin nature. Um, I would argue that any human being, any, any one of us that really truly looks at themselves, really truly examines themselves, will know this to be true, that our desires and our nature and our, our, um, our orientation are um, away from God and towards ourselves and towards sin rather than God's righteousness. And that's not okay with a holy and just God. His standard is perfect. And his, in order to be uh, reconciled to him in order to have a relationship with God, in order to be um, not under the judgment of God and facing eternal punishment, um, we need to be perfect too. As you know, if you examine yourself, you examine me, you examine anybody, um, you'll know that that's not the case. None of us are. All of us, even if we somehow only send a little bit, uh, we have violated God's holy and perfect standard are, and are in need 
of uh, need of a solution for that. Now, God loved so loved the world so much that he sent that solution. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, <coughs> excuse me, to live um, a perfect life. We couldn't live, die a death on a cross that we deserved, rightfully deserved. Uh, he stepped into our place. The Bible teaches that Jesus was a propitiation for our sin. He was a substitute. He stepped in and took the punishment that we deserved, and in doing so, offers his righteousness to us um, before the Father. So we are now, for, for those that place their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, repent of their sins, um, and submit to Christ as Lord of their life, uh, the Bible teaches we're regenerated. We are made new. We are born again. And now God the Father sees us um, as righteous because of Christ's righteousness. That righteousness is imputed to us, and that doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're perfect, but it means that in terms of our judgment, in terms of what we, um, what our punishment is for our sins, God no longer sees that. Um, our Bible says our, our sins are washed white. Our sins are washed as white as, as snow. They're they're gone. You know, God the Father, He forgets them because we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, that is that is good news, and it's available. It's available to all. Um, you know, the Bible teaches that you place your faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Now, that involves, and we've talked about this on, on multiple podcasts before, that involves repentance, but repentance or doing good works or things is not, is not earning salvation. It's not, God doesn't say, oh, look at all the good things you've done, now you're saved. We only look to that as evidence of being a new creation. So we repent of the false belief that we can save ourselves, the false belief in a false Jesus, the false belief in some other um, religious hope for our salvation, the false belief that, um, that the afterlife doesn't exist, whatever that happens to be, we repent of that and, and turn to the truth of the word and, and trust in Jesus Christ. And then we, as new creations, we spend, um, as regenerate believers, we spend our time now um, being further sanctified and continuing to repent of things that we don't understand as we get closer and closer to the character of Christ and know God more. Um, so repentance is a fruit of the Spirit that we expect to see, obviously, um, before uh, we understand that we're saved, but also as, a, as the good fruit of, good tree, of, of a good tree that is part of our life, our new life now in Christ. Um. The Bible says that Jesus was born of a virgin. He, he lived a perfect life, suffered a death on the cross uh, in our place, died, was buried, and on the third day was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, conquering death. And if you, if you place your faith and trust in Christ and his, his work on the cross for your salvation, that is salvation from your sins and the consequences of those sins, which is eternal punishment in hell, you will be saved. Um. Now, Jesus died, he was raised on the third day, um, seen by many witnesses, ascended to the Father, now sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes on our behalf. Um, that's the gospel message, and if you have any questions about that, please reach out to us. We will talk to you about the gospel um, until we can't talk any longer, um, and especially in winter. You know, as, as many of you know, and as the background probably gives away, I'm in Colorado, it's very dry here in the winter, uh, very dry. And, uh, yeah, so sometimes that makes my, my voice a little tired doing things like this as, as I get older, as, as, the air, as the air is so dry here in the winter. Um, but I will talk to you about the gospel until I can't talk any longer. Um, 
so much more important than the rest of what we're going to talk about. And yet the work of, of polemics and discernment ministry is important, and it is something that we focus on here at Protestia. Um, we focus on it from a, uh, a journalistic perspective, obviously. Uh, very much opinion journalism is part and parcel of what we do, or um, you know, journalism where our voice is heard through articles, our voice is heard through videos. Um, we don't pretend to be the Associated Press or anything like that. Uh, we don't pretend to be like Christianity Today. We don't pretend to be some sort of um, you know objective arbiter of what's going on. We have we have a very clear purpose. Uh, we have a very clear belief and a very clear a set of beliefs that drive how we approach the news, how we approach the issues of the day, and that's 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 very apparent on uh, Protestia. But if it's not, there's an about page on there, and you can you can see where we come from. There's nothing, no secrets around here. Everything is as transparent as it can possibly be. Um, and yet we know that a lot of the Christian community does not appreciate what we do. Uh, there are a lot of Christians that say, hey, why are you guys so mean? Why do you keep talking about this stuff? Why? I mean, you've made your point. Um, I saw a, a video the other day. Um, I think it was Colin Miller on YouTube talking about that, that that was a, a comment that he got that was objecting to what he, something that he was talking about where, where the commenter basically said, hey, you've already talked about this. You've already made your point about this person. Why do you keep going back and back and back and back? And, and the answer is simple that that person or that false teacher, that false, you know, that false message, whatever it is, is continuing. And we can't assume that we address it once and everybody sees it. And as long as it continues to be out there, um, we stand up and continue to respond to it. So yeah, there's going to be some things. If you're a regular reader of Protestia or other reputable polemics and discernment ministries, um, online, you may see the same kind of stories. You may see the same people addressed. You may see the same false doctrines talked about. And that's partially because they, they just don't go away, a lot of them. And so they, they need a, a constant response. You're going to have people that, after we address something, hear that preacher later say the same falsehood and didn't hear our rebuttal that came out months ago or years ago or whenever um, and need a reputable answer to that. Um, and a reputable application of scripture to whatever's going on. That's the goal around here. Um, you'll also people, you'll hear people say things like, well, you know, why do you guys, you, you seem to just fight, you know, dig up this stuff on people and publish it out there. And um, as you know, if you're, if you're, you know, honestly read through the website, most of what we talk about, almost 100% of what we talk about is stuff that's publicly accessible. It's already out there. You know, so we're, we're bringing attention to it, contextualizing it, answering it with scripture, but we, we're not going to dig it up. We're not a, we're, we're not an investigative firm. We're not detectives. We just, we, we do like, um, what a lot of alternative media does and sees, uh, sees what's going on out there, reports it from a specific context, from a specific point of view. Protestia, um, is very much from a, um, conservative Christian, a reformed biblical worldview. And that's, that's how we answer into these things. And so, because people that read the website know that even those who are you know brothers and sisters in Christ that may disagree with us on some doctrinal things they know our perspective so they can they can read it in context of knowing this is what these guys believe so therefore this is the take they have on this issue it's it's no more complicated than that um but the truth is that false teachers and people promoting false doctrine and people that have uh, you know slipped into even even if we would argue they didn't want to do it on purpose but slipped into um, serious doctrinal error, often, almost without exception, they do not appreciate that being discussed out in the open. They do not appreciate um, that being on the website. And yet, we are told to train our 
the powers of our discernment with constant practice so that we might be skilled in the, in the uh, word, in, the, in, in works of righteousness. We're, this, is, this is very clearly instructed in Scripture, and that applies to all of us. It's not just me. It's not just writers at the, at the website. It's not just other discernment ministers that we, that we appreciate and that we're blessed by. Um, it should be all believers. And so if this ministry, this website, what we're doing here uh, helps you do that, that's the goal. It is not to subvert um, your church. It's not to sub- subvert um, your reading of Scripture or your personal sanctification. It's to come alongside and keep you informed of what's going on out there. And from a doctrinal perspective, so that even if you don't really care about the news of the day, and that's you, you don't have to, but us addressing the news of the day in the way that we do hopefully can be a a, an addressing of things doctrinally. It can, it can, you know, even if you take what we say doctrinally apart from the story that we're talking about, it still hopefully holds some, some value in terms of your study of scripture um, and, and all of our growth in learning more about God and becoming um, more conformed to the character of Christ. Um, now in that spirit, we're going to start with this, this first uh, headline uh, at protestia um, and because this is such a Bible shredding, I have to. I've been reminded that I have not been using the segment bumpers as much as I've wanted to. So, in that spirit, we're going to put Jesse Duplantis up in the Bible shredding segment here at Protestia tonight. Bum, 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 when you need an excuse for sin, there's a place you need to be. Don't be scared, throw out the word, you'll have some company. God don't care, it's a silly book, not meant for you and me. So come on down, it's Bible shredding with Andy Stanley. Well, we'll be here just Bible shredding with Andy Stanley. And it's really a rule that you have to. Uh, if it's Jesse Duplantis, you have to put it in the Bible shredding segment because I put Jesse Duplantis in the Bible shredding intro. You know, so so if it's a uh, if it's um uh yeah Stephen Furtick or Jesse Duplantis, Rick Warren, someone like that, they're gonna they're gonna get that intro no matter what. This is Jesse Duplantis um, applying messianic what's very clearly messianic prophecies to himself and I guess the rest of his um, uh, congregation. The book of Isaiah, chapter 9, I want to read verse 6. For unto us, Isaiah 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now I'm going to, I'm going to stop this real quick. I used to think for the longest time when I was a kid um, that this prophecy talking about Christ the government shall be upon his shoulder or shoulders, depending on um, translation, was talking about uh, the government, the, you know, like the Roman government and the, and the, you know, the Jewish leaders of the day um, persecuting him, coming down on his shoulders. But that's not actually what this means. It's, it's, this is talking about the, uh, what will be now after the coming of the Messiah the reign of the Messiah in terms of him being Lord over everything. Um, he is, he is taking upon the government of all things upon himself. Um, I just thought it was interesting side note. I would always hear that passage when I was a kid, you know, as he had talked about Christmas time and like, yeah, the government was on his shoulders. They were persecuting him. Not actually what it means. I mean, although that's true, then that, that, that did happen. That's not what this is referring to. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, 
the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And, you know, so, so this could not be clearer, could not be clearer as a messianic prophecy, could not be clear that this is speaking about Christ, Jesus Christ, and only Jesus Christ. And yet... Yet the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 1 says, Be ye therefore imitators of God as dear children. So... All right, so, so, so then... Then he goes to get Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God as dear children. Now, what, it, what, what does this mean? This means that we are to conform our lives. We are to, um, to be obedient to God, to be um, uh, conforming our character and our actions and things to the standard God put forth in his word as an imitator of God. Now, what's an imitation? Well, it ain't the real thing, right? An imitation is, is something that is trying to be like the original, Trying to trying to character be characterized like it in in every way that it can, um, and yet. Oh, when I look at Isaiah nine six, where is the government now? It's on us. No, no, it isn't. You are wrong, sir. The the government Jesus Jesus is Lord of all, and yes, he has given a. Within the, within the world we're in, he's given a small little portion of that with a small little responsibility to civil government. He's given a portion of that to church government. There are spheres of, of jurisdiction, but they're all subordinate to the lordship of Christ. Every believer should understand this. Of course, I mean, we're, we're not talking about a believer here, but you, you get my point. The government of the world is on mankind. And because we're made in God's image and in God's likeness, now, now, what does Romans thirteen say about this? Actually, when we talk about when we talk about government, we talk about government. We talk about government being God's servant, do we not? So, if if we go and I'll jump over here real quick, uh, in the in the interest, I wasn't going to jump over here, but you know, in the interest of just really fleshing this out all the way for our very lost and very damaging uh, friend Jesse Duplantis here. Um, this is Romans 13 and verse four says very specifically, um, let's go back to verse three for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval for he is God's servant for your good. He is God's servant. So again, we see very clearly the Bible teaches that human government is under the lordship of Christ. Now, I've gone through Romans 13 quite a bit um, before to talk about how this is a positive prescription for a God-honoring um, civil government. Because, you know, again, it says here, rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Now, is this always true? Well, of course it isn't tr always true. But when it is true, then we are to be subject to the governing authorities. When it is not true, when a human government, when a, um, a civil magistrate is telling you to, uh, to do something that is wrong, when they are doing something that is manifestly wrong, they are not living up to the prescription of a government authority that should be submitted to. So, yeah, chasing a rabbit a little bit here, but you get my point. Um, back to the Duplantis nonsense. You can call us wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, Christ in us, the everlasting Father. Woo! 
the the you can call us the everlasting father like has he lost it i mean you know yeah maybe that that little still shot there might like like looks a little suspicious but just, i mean listen to what he's saying here this is insane i to god christ in us the everlasting father woo the prince of peace yeah we're all That's the prince of peace what it means to be the gift that jesus gave to you so when you are a well, it doesn't mean anything like that it's really, it's no more complicated than saying this describes Christ. It's, that's what it means. It's not, not more complicated than that, unless you have a bunch of false, awful, disgusting, demonic doctrine that you want to slip into it. Then you end up like this. Gift of God, it gives you the ability to act like God. People really? Gives you the to act like God. Okay. Now, to, to blur the lines between... Um, how we act in submission to God and in obedience and acting like God um, is it, it's simply heresy. It's simply blasphemy. We get irritated when we act like God. But if we don't, then we're acting like somebody else. Yeah, maybe like ourselves, maybe like an obedient believer. That, that could be who we act like. You know, why is he blurring these lines? Because he, because he is trying to uh, appeal to people's deepest, most uh, base level um, sinful desire. It's the same sinful desire that we saw back in the garden. Um, as Eve was tempted to know what God knew, you know, the Satan tempt, Satan tempted her, the serpent temp, tempted her by saying, um, you know, God knows that if you eat from this tree, you'll be like him. You'll see, you'll know good and evil. You'll be like God. Um, one of the most pernicious, uh, desires of, of, of any person is to be, be like God, be their own God, be their own ruler, um, pick their own right and wrong. And, and, you know, so how appealing is that message to, to, that someone uses scripture to try to promote here? You know, you listen, listen, how he says this, the everlasting father. Woo. The Woo. What a, what a turd. Sorry. Wonderful. Yes. Counselor. Yes. Mighty God, Christ in us. The everlasting father, woo, the prince of peace. That's what it means to be the gift that Jesus gave to you. So when you are a gift of God, it gives you the ability to act like God. People get irritated when we act like God. But if we don't, then we're acting like somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Who are these poor poor lost souls out in that congregation. Woo. Amen. That's uh, totally, you know, while he's up there saying, you got to act like God, you got to act like God. Like this is, you know, horrifying, obviously. Um, now Justin Peters, um, of Justin Peters ministries did a full commentary on this that you can find. If you go to this article at protestia, televangelist, Jesse Duplantis says the most blasphemous thing he's ever said. And by the way, that's, that's saying something. You see from our tweet here, uh, that's saying a lot. Um, there's a link at the bottom of that article to take you to Justin Peters' um, um, YouTube channel where he does a, a more full uh, you know, dive into this sermon here. But uh, safe to say, um, Jesse Duplantis is a, a wicked heretic and should be avoided, um, except in, in situations like this where we are exposing his false doctrine, his false teaching, um, exposing these deeds of darkness. Um, on to our next story here. Now I saw, because I wasn't 
I wasn't following, uh, I don't follow Julie Roy's that carefully, but I, I saw an article pop up uh, at Protestia with a question mark. Um, the, the article was basically like, who is Julie Roy's invited to her conference here? And the, the, the picture on at Protestia.com um, looked like this. So I'm scrolling down. I'm like, okay, question mark, who's going on? And, and of course, the, the headline of the article says that she invited a notorious racist to speak at her conference. And I'm like, okay, who's the most notorious racist that would uh, give Julie Roy's the time of day? And I'm, and, and I'm telling myself, like, please, please be this guy. Be, please be this guy. This is, I mean, just the, the, the crash and burn, you know, face plant humor of the whole thing. Um, would only come to fruition if it was, um, drum roll please, none other than uh, Kyle James Howard. And I saw that and I couldn't stop laughing for a while. Um, because I'm wondering now, who, who are all these other people that are going to be in this silly conference? Like, you got to be on the same bill as Kyle J. Howard. You got to be at the same conference that Julie Worries had to remove herself from last year because it was exposed that she is, and still to this day, an unrepentant um, abuser um, of, of a young girl in her youth group. You know, so, I mean, God works in mysterious ways, and you have Julie Roy's basically um, lying and mischaracterizing things that have happened with Grace Community Church and John MacArthur, and then, oh, lo and behold, she herself has a history of um, abuse and abusing a young person while she's in a position of authority. Um, and she still has not repented of it. She hasn't even really admitted she's done anything wrong and continues to throw these, these uh, silly conferences um, where you're going to go to Judson University who's, who covered for her, Judson University who covered for her uh, while she was seeking nonprofit status so she could continue to accept pass-through donations that were uh, non-taxable through, through Judson University. You'll see, there are articles about that on Protestia as well. And now she's just face-planting by saying, you know what, I think I'm going to have Kyle James Howard. And she, like, she literally put on the website that he is a trauma-informed soul care provider. Like, that's not a thing. You know, I mean, trauma-informed is now a, uh, a characterization for um, licensed counselors and um, social workers and, and things like this. It, that is a thing, but soul care provider is just made up. It's like calling a custodian or a janitor a building engineer, which that happens. If you are a building engineer, I'm not throwing you under the bus. It is an important job. I've done that job. It's a big deal to have a, you know, <coughs> a clean and properly working facility. It, it matters. But the the movement of the language here to try to somehow establish this guy is anything credible other than a uh, racist tweeter and house husband that he is is it's comical it's clown world level stuff. Uh, Julie Roy's the supposed professional journalist with the highest standards of integrity is going to bring um, one of the biggest jokes on the evangelical internet to her conference. And and platform him like he like he has has any actual credibility. It's amazing. Um, if you go to this article at protestia.com, you will see just a list. And we try to do this every time because 
it's not because some people don't know who, who, who Kyle J. Howard is. It's more that they find it so hard to believe that a person like this could exist in the conversation. Like it's, it's like somebody tried to make a parody, a caricature of every, of everything wrong with millennials online. Uh, and, and certainly millennials online in evangelical spaces and conversations, you know, it's, it's like, we have a hard time believing that he, he's a real person. He should be you know, a character, a, a caricature account. Um, and so we put up, you know, so we put up, uh, the list of all the stuff establishing it, which I think sometimes it might only cause, it might only make it worse because people are like, there's no way all this is real. There's no way that he's done all of these things. Um, I mean, some, some of the most ridiculous ones here, uh, he, he's saying, uh, th- he tweeted this out. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was a little while ago. I think this was at, uh, maybe in October he tweets out, Hey, white people, I, you know, let me, let me flip over here. <laughs> you know, he's like, Hey, white people, it's totally okay to be 30 minutes late to a BIPOC birthday party. In fact, we prefer it showing up exactly on time actually stresses us out because we are likely rushing and doing a lot less minute. We don't navigate time the same way y'all do. So, so if you're a person of color, um, you're of a different ethnicity, uh, you don't navigate time the same way. And he says, it's not that we're running behind as much as we're still preparing. Now, um, <clears throat> in, in, in jobs that I've done in the past and, and still continue to do um, in organizations that shall not be mentioned publicly, um, we have a lot of ethnic diversity. Um, that's a good thing. We're coming from all over the country um, for a common cause. I have yet to hear one of these, one of these, uh, you know, men or women that, that are serving next to me of, of, of different ethnicities claim to a superior that, um, Hey, you know, it's, a, I, I was late because we don't navigate time the same way that you do. <laughs> he said, if you come to an unassimilated BIPOC party on time, not all, but most, especially black and Latino, the party won't be starting. Prep is still taking place. The party won't start until 30 to 60 minutes later when a huge portion of the party comes to it show and shows up fashionably late. So he's like, okay, I'm going to have a four o'clock party. And, um, everybody knows that because I'm half black, that the party's actually going to start at five. You know I mean? Who are we kidding? Like, and somehow, this is this is uh this is supposed to be taken as a serious thinker, someone that should be platformed at a conference on restoring the church. Um. Yeah, he said he says that uh, uh, you know he here here he is watching uh, filthy TV shows. If you struggle with porn addiction, he says your time and energy should not be targeted towards courtship and dating. It should be spent towards getting help, deconstructing and rebuking your conception of sex and sexuality striving towards the liberation from the bondage of porn. Um, and then down here talks about um, uh, watching Game of Thrones. Uh, responding here to Jackie Hill Perry, who said uh, that she, some people like dislike the finale of Ozarks. Um, it's Ozark, actually. I don't know that because I watched the show, but because I've, I've seen the, the previews and things, it seems like a pretty, uh, uh, pretty raunchy show that Christians shouldn't be involved in in my, in my opinion, but he confirms it was a trash ending and an excellent one that drives home the point of this series perfectly. I hated it, but I thought it was great. Um, 
yeah, anyway, yeah, you can go to the article to see more about what he's talking about. But the, the point we have to get back to here is it's very, um, oh, yeah, I got I to gotta click on this one. This was one of my favorite ones. Um, Kyle J. Howard uh, says worship music is traumatizing. Now, he, didn't, he wouldn't say it that way. He would say, you know, he would pronounce that word differently. He said that worship music is traumatizing, especially white evangelical worship. And then he says, um, here's his tweet. Worship music and song used to be so central to my own worship experience. Oh, good. You know, yeah, that's what you should be primarily concerned about is your own experience, right? That's, that's the framework that we would approach uh, worshiping God with. What's my experience? It's weird that it's no longer the case. Now I can 100% do without worship music. In fact, the only worship music I can listen to is if it's sung by someone I personally know and trust, I'd rather just read lyrics. My family used to feel alone in this until I began to do work in spiritual trauma. I learned that being triggered by worship music is just one uh, reality is just one realities for those with spiritual trauma. In fact, it's one of the most common reasons those who struggle don't attend church. Okay. And later in this tweet thread, um, he says, to clarify, the black church has been a saving grace for me here. My issue is largely with white evangelical worship, especially reformed worship. I'm not sure that Kyle J. Howard could define what reformed worship even means. I, I think what he means by what he meant by that was this, like worship by people I disagree with. Worship by, worship by people that I have a racial animus towards, perhaps. Relatively cool with non-evangelical reformed black church spaces or other non-white culture spaces. So, so his his traumatization by worship is totally apparently totally dependent on the color of people's skin. Um, he is a, I mean, notorious racist, Kyle J. Howard (laughs) and, and almost comically. So, like I said, it's, it's, it's like someone went out there and said, okay, what would, what would a like court jester of ridiculous online, uh, woke racism look like? And they came up with Kyle J. Howard. And every time this guy's, you know, tweeting, there are a bunch of morons liking his tweets and supporting him on this, who, of course, then every once in a while he has to beg them for money to fund his um, soul care providing, which is nothing more, as far as we can tell, nothing more than just tweeting at people online. Um, he's not allowed to have actual clients in terms of being a counselor because he's not a licensed counselor, which is why he's got to make up a term for what he does and, and all of this. Um, yeah. He says, you know, back in the tweet thread, going back to point one, but for pastors, pastor, pastors should be conscientious of their congregation and the reality of spiritual trauma as well. I would not say worship needs to be cast aside. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad that we have your permission, Kyle. I'm glad we have your permission on whether, whether we're supposed to be obedient and worshiping God. Thank you. Thank you for being clear um, that you're not, you're not uh, demanding that we stop obeying uh, the word of God. Appreciate that. He said, but cultivate an environment where it's okay for a member to come after worship time. It's not okay. It's not okay. The Bible is very clear that when we gather for worship, we sing hymns and spiritual song. We gather for corporate worship to worship together. Um, you don't get to say, I don't feel like it. I got a problem. I don't feel, I don't want to come to worship. It hurts my feelings. You don't get to say that. Um, yeah, not allowed. And, and. In, in the case where someone says, uh, you know, I don't want to come because I'm traumatized by that or something, it is um, the onus is on them and the onus is on their fellow believers and especially pastors in that ministry to figure out what's going on. You know, if there really is a problem, we minister to that person, but you don't get to just um, say that's traumatizing to me, therefore I don't have to obey. 
I mean, where does that stop? It it doesn't. Let's put it that way. Um. Anyway, a little little update before I let uh let you go on the free the free side here. Uh, we're a little abbreviated for today, but I think that's okay. Um, we're in that sort of that inter that that middle section between when Christmas is done and the new year has yet to start. That I always forget exists. I don't know if you guys do this, but Christmas Day is over, and I think to myself, "Oh, it's the next year," and it's not. We got like a whole week, so we're we're in that middle ground right now. And I know everybody's busy, and they're trying to you know tie up loose ends. A lot of people are trying to get back home from across the country. You know, so I mean, be praying for traveling mercies for folks that are stuck because of airline issues and and whatnot. I I keep hearing horror stories about people stuck in airports for days on end and things like this for for whatever reason. Um, just keep those folks in your prayers. Um, the the Protesta YouTube channel is officially out of YouTube jail uh, now, so we are ready to go uh, to get the ball rolling for Protestia Live. I know that's been sitting on the website with an unavailable video for a long time now. Um, it's the placeholder for what we hope will be um, a new kind of repository for, you know, just constant content and something that you can just, um, anytime you want to, you know, listen to the radio or listen to, um, you know, news station or something like that, but you want something a little different, hopefully you can put it on and hear something you haven't heard before, some new things. That's what we're aiming for. And and hopefully that'll be able to uh, start uh, after the first of the year. I'll We will get it going as soon as we can. Uh, keep us in your prayers. Um, if you are a... Um, a patron, you are a patron supporter. Uh, stay tuned. If you're on the listening to the audio, it'll just keep going into the PTVIP. Uh, if you are not, uh, we love you, freeloaders, but we're going to have to let you go. Uh, and we appreciate you tuning in for this free portion of Protestia Night. Thank you for your support. Go to protestia.com for the latest in polemics and discernment news from all over the interwebs. Stay apprised of what's going on. Uh, as always, you got a, you, you have a comment or a question or something, reach out to us. And if you want to drive the program, um, you can do so by jumping on patreon.com forward slash protestia and joining the fight on a financial level. Uh, thank you so much. Love you all. And as always, Semper Reformando.